Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. We substitute information for transformation. You see, our world today is drowning in information. We have books, tapes, DVD, computer programs. We can hear the Word of God on all of those. We have Greek and Hebrew word studies. Outline chap- we can outline chapters of the Bible, quote scripture, listen to it, pile up information, knowledge. But unless the Word of God is applied in my life, it's simply a collection of information. We become useless Bible scholars. Some of us may personally know individuals who spend countless hours studying or learning a specific trade or craft. If those individuals were to never put all their knowledge into practice, we might begin to question them. This should be especially true when it comes to the Word of God. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark expands upon the teachings of both Christ and James when it comes to doing God's Word. In our study, we learn how God's Word is meant to transform us and how that transformation comes by doing, rather than simply hearing the Word. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, Your Final Destination, A Well-Built Life. The second goal of hearing and obeying the Word is to be transformed. You'll see in a moment, it's not about information. It's about transformation. It's to be transformed to be and live like Jesus. Paul wrote it like this. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, which means I live by my ideas, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How is my mind renewed? My mind is renewed one way, by the Word of God. You see, the Word of God, when my mind is renewed, understand what this means. I guarantee you 99% of us here never even thought this week about our life ending. Few of you did, me, I got a test result. But 99 of us went for a whole week, never even thought about eternity. Not once. So how can my mind be renewed? It's being renewed this morning. Here you are in church. All of a sudden we're talking about the end of your life. And I'm confronted with it. Well, the world says, don't worry about the end of your life. Be happy, enjoy, wine, women's song, whatever. Jesus says, whoa, no, 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 no. Think about how you're building. So see, he said, well, I I don't like that stuff. You should. It's for your good. Because where you spend eternity is a lot longer than here. So the only way my mind is renewed, 
is from hearing the word of God. That's why Satan wants to keep us out of it. That's why some of you sit here, you listen to it, but do nothing with it. You're joking, you're talking, you're whatever, having fun, and it's over with. Life's done. Look at the rest. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, I want you to go down to the next verse you're going to see on the overhead. John 8, and understand the principle of this. To the Jews who believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to, and hold means to obey and apply the word. So let me read it again with that in there. To the Jews who believed him, Jesus said, if you know the word, if you read the word and obey the word, then you're really my disciples. And then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. See, here's what we believe. Some of us come from a a background where everything was wrong in the church. How many know that's true? I mean, you you know, you tied your shoe wrong today. You did this wrong here, whatever. Everything was wrong. And so we think this. Well, Pastor Mark, if I'm going to obey God, it's going to be this self-restricting life. It's going to be boring. It's going to be horrible. I can't stand it. Well, let me just say it this way so you'll understand. I think I could be born and can't stand it for 70 years and have a billion years to go, yay! <laughs> but I don't have to think it's born and horrible and confined. Because Jesus said, I came to give you life and life abundantly. Well, when does eternal life start? The moment you turn your life over to Jesus Christ. So notice, if I obey, hear and obey, then you'll know the truth and the church will set you free. It's the most exciting lifestyle in all the world to know that if I obey God, his purpose for me, his plan for me is incredible. And it's just incredibly exciting. So transformation allows me to be free to know God, to serve God and enjoy him. Now turn with me almost to the book of Revelation, not quite. Book of Revelation, to the book of James. The book of James, if you will. James, if you don't know where it is, ask a neighbor. James chapter 1. Now, when you're going to get there, you're going to see another whole picture of what this obedience looks like. Let me go through it fairly quickly. Let me give you a scenario as you're turning there. James chapter 1 down and we'll start in verse 22. I get up in the morning and uh, I go downstairs and my wife has fixed me uh, half a bagel. You know, a full bagel is too many carbs. You got to have a half bagel (laughs) and a little cream cheese on it. And it's a poppy seed bagel. So I eat the poppy seed bagel. And I head right off, I don't have time, have a little bit of coffee and head right off to work. I get to work. I smile at people all day. (laughs) And they're looking at me a little funny. And they go all day and say, man, people were like weird at work today. And I get home, go in the bathroom and touch up whatever and snack. There's that goober right, right there. That poppy seed's in there all day long. And I go, what's wrong with you idiots? Why didn't you tell me I look like a nut all day? And we get angry. Well, this is exactly what James talks about. Look at it. James chapter 1, verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. So here we are again. These are people who are in the church. You're here. You're listening. The Bible's being read. You're playing a tape. Do not merely listen to word and deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what he says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. What does that mean? Well, let me go up to the story. 
I'm in the morning, I have my bagel, I have time, I go in the bathroom. I brush my teeth. I look at myself and I'm done. I still got that thing right there. And I go right to work for the whole day. Now, what would you call that person? Foolish. Why did I look in the mirror? I didn't do anything with the mirror. Why even look at it? Stupid. Today, what you have on your lap is a mirror. And you're looking at it. And God's speaking to all of you. He's speaking to all of you. What do you see? Well, I'm supposed to hear and obey. Cool. Nice sermon. Nice. See ya. Foolish. Not just foolish, but eternally foolish. Notice the next verse says, but he who looks into that, I'll paraphrase it, and does something about it will be blessed in whatever he does. You see, there's no benefit from looking in the Bible if you don't obey the Bible. So this is what you want to write down. Hearing must result in doing. Hearing must result in doing. Now, when you see this on the overhead, what comes to your mind? Tell me. What company does that represent to you? Nike. And their famous slogan is? Just what? Just do it. That's what James says. Just do it. Don't just read the word. Just do it then. Follow through. Well, let me give you a couple of self-deceptions. You might fit into either one of these today. First self-deception. I kind of talked about it, but we'll define it a little more. We substitute information for transformation. You see, our world today is drowning in information. We have books, tapes, DVD, computer programs. We can hear the Word of God on all of those. We have Greek and Hebrew word studies. Outline we can outline chapters of the Bible, quote Scripture, listen to it, pile up information, knowledge. But unless the Word of God is applied in my life, it's simply a collection of information. We become useless Bible scholars. I have all kinds of people that talk to me about that. Through the years, hear what they say. Oh, I know the Word of God. Man, I can quote you the Word. I've studied the Word. I got a Bible degree. 22 years ago, I got the Word. And they never come to church. Foolish. I hear people often say this to me. Well, Pastor Mark, you know, you can be a Christian. don't need to go to church. Well, church doesn't make you a Christian. But you're stupid. You're foolish. Because you don't know. Oh, I know the Word of God. don't need to be in church. No, you're wrong. God created us as a body. He gave us pastors. He gave us all these kind of things. He says, don't forget the gathering together yourself. So anybody that says to you, they're just totally talking about information in their head. Can you imagine your hand says to your body today, I don't want to go with the arm. I'm just going to kind of sit home. I don't need to be part of the body there. I'll just sit home. Here you find a little hand walking all over the place, whatever. It's like a horror movie this weekend. <laughs> That's what these people are. They just say, well, I don't need church. Foolish. So... Don't think because you can quote Greek and Hebrew, God isn't after that. He's going to say on Judgment Day, He's going to ask you to, He knows every language. He's going to ask, What'd you do with it? Did you do it? So here's the key just do it. Be transformed. Make it transform your life. Change you to be like Jesus. And Jesus was always in church. Second deception. By the way, I learned this a long time ago. Let me give it this morning. One step forward in obedience is worth years of study about it. One little step 
forward in obedience outdoes your two years of study with no obedience. That's what God's looking for. Just simple obedience. Second, self-deception. We substitute rationalization for repentance. Now, all of us are really good at rationalization and denying the truth. But God's word speaks to us about repenting. Very often when we open the word or we're hearing a sermon or whatever, God speaks to us about repenting and then changing the way I live. He lovingly warns us. Every time that God lovingly warns us, he's looking for action, not rationalization. Well, Pastor Mark, I'm like this because my mother and the stuck inside and the third over here and then this. God isn't interested in any rationalization. He wants us to repent. A few years ago, about three and a half, my wife and I were in a counseling session. A lady came in. And she went through a scenario. Very, we're used to these scenarios because we're humans. Certain situation at home, husband wasn't paying attention, whatever, and kind of middle-aged lady, a little older, won't go any more than that. You don't need it anymore. She began talking about a relationship at work with a certain individual. My wife and I counseled her and said, uh, you don't want to go there. Well, I don't need to worry about that because it's only kind of an emotional thing and there's never going to be any sexual thing and no worried about my marriage or anything. I just want to know what you think. Well, she, she'd been a Christian. She already knew what to think. So we turned to the Word of God and I just said to her, you know, you were to shun appearance of all evil. You break it off right now. And she cried. And when she left the room, and my wife turned to me and she said, She's not going to change. Women are very perceptive. Three years later, just about a couple months ago, I got an email from her. She said, Pastor Mark, I knew what I was about to do was going to be wrong. Well, emotionally, she got involved. Sexually, she got involved. Marriage split up. And now this relationship is split up. And she said, I wish I'd listened to you and your wife. It's been three years of hell. What did she do? She just rationalized. Well, because this isn't right here, then I'm going to make it right here. And she went against God, and she heard a sermon that I taught, that God will accept you back. We saw that this morning in our mind. You can come back to God. First, second, third, fourth time you fail, God gives us new chances. Aren't you glad God doesn't have this rule like one, two, three, and you're out? (laughs) Huh? (laughs) If it's one, two, and three out, there's nobody in this church. I don't care what time it is. And I'm not here either. Hallelujah. (laughs) But see, you can't justify it. You can't go, ah, it's no big deal. It is a big deal. And we weep for people that walk out. Some of you will be here today, and you're going to say to God, no, I know I'm doing, I I know situations in this church. I won't go into it. You're living in sin. You're justifying it. And you're telling, we have people come into us and say, well, I'm going to leave my husband and go to this person because God told me to do it. They have no biblical reason. And I'm saying to you, you are totally deceived. No, I'm not. I'm special. God told me this is specifically for me. No, you have rationalized your sin and your heart is about to get hard and you're headed for disaster. And if you're not careful, hell, and I'm saying that to you this morning in love. Well, I'm just going to change church. That won't matter because you have the same God. You say, well, why do you do that? Because I hate seeing people destroy their lives. So what am I supposed to do? Simply repent. That means change your way. Start over. Now let's go to a passage that I think is interesting. Remember the squirrel story last week? (laughs) 
I won't go back to it. Remember, it was all about this. The squirrel story was... <laughs> Here's what it meant. You see, when I say to you this morning, just do it, you say, Pastor Mark, just do it. That's easy to say, but just do it is hard to do. Yes. But look what Paul tells us in the Philippians. He says that there's a difference. It isn't that hard. He says this, Dearest friends, you were always so careful to follow my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, you must be even more careful to put into action God's saving work in your lives. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. Why? For God is working in you, giving you the desire to obey him and the power to do what pleases him. What does that mean this morning? When you became a Christian, God came to live in you. The Holy Spirit came into you and said, I want you to obey me. I want to show you a life. I want to show you exactly how it will work. You just come into me. Now, it come, allow me to come into you. And as you come in, as, as I come into you, I'm going to give you the power. I'm going to give you the desire. So God gives me the desire to obey and the power to obey. So living successfully is not so much my ability but my response to God's ability. He lives in me. It is difficult some, but it's meant to be relying on God. So I have his absolute, he changes my wanter. I want to do the right thing because I know it's good. And then gives me the power to obey. So I cannot use an excuse that I can't do it. I can. And that's an incredible lifestyle. So I want to show you a new logo. One better than the Nike. Way better. Here it is. Together, just do it. The Christian fish with the cross. What does together mean? It means God in you. Me and God. God and I. We're a teammate. Did you know if, if God lives in you, you're a working team? And he gives you this morning. He gives you this morning the desire to obey him and the power to do it. You can do it. So together, just do it. Let's see if we can say that a couple of times, right? Together, well, some of you got to do, but not too many. Come on. Do is like in big capital letters. See what I mean? I didn't underscore, but it's capital. So let's do it again. Together, just do it. One more time. Together, just do it. That's right. Pastor Mark, are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. Look at the last verse. In Joshua, the Bible is such a beautiful picture because it just works together. Notice what Joshua says. Old Testament. Do not let the book of the law, which is the Bible, depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything, not just what you want, everything written in it. Then you'll be miserable, can't stand it, horrible. A terrible life. Gotta obey God. No, then you'll be what? Prosperous and incredibly successful. How are you building your home this morning? What's it built on? Sand or the rock? Those of you that went to high school and college, it'd have been nice midterms if you could have seen the final exam before it came out. Some of you belong to fraternities, that's a sin you need to forgive. <laughs> Because you got exams ahead of time in sororities. I know you. I'm going to give you an exam. I don't want anybody leaving. I want you to just take a look at the screen. Nobody moving. 
How you respond to this question will be how and where you spend eternity. It's not multiple choice. It's yes and no. Let's start. Have you entered by the only gate, Jesus, that provides eternal life? Yes or no? In other words, has there ever been a time in your life when you said, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. I want you to forgive me of my sins. I want it to be personal. Two people, one email and one person last night, or the Friday night, stopped me and Saturday afternoon stopped me and said, you know, I went to another church, doesn't matter, and I, I came here and I didn't realize that you had to ask Jesus into your life. I thought you just like went to church and had this membership deal and that was it. Amazing. Said, I did it and it's just changed my whole life and my family. Another email, the same thing. I'm just growing a maturing. I didn't know I could know God. Number two, are you following Jesus on his road? Hell is going to be filled with people that thought salvation was an event. Well, here's my membership. And they mean it. Now, I'm not against membership. It's cool. You can have it or whatever. We don't have it. Why don't we have it? Because most churches with membership, every few years, what do they have to do? Have to write all these people. Where are you? We haven't seen you in four years. You still go to this church? They start with a new membership. One church, over 20,000, just scatched all their old membership over the years to start brand new again. Here's the problem. You can start brand new, but many of those people who have their certificate think they're going to heaven. No, it's a lifestyle. Number three, does your life show ongoing evidence, ongoing, that's the lifestyle, of real change? Well, Pastor Mark, I've been a Christian 22 years. Have you changed? Well, no. Be very careful. Number four. This is what Jesus taught today. All of these are what Jesus taught the last three weeks. These are his warnings, not mine. Do you hear and obey God's word? When you hear something, see, if you don't obey it, your heart gets harder. And then it gets harder. And then it gets harder. And you can sit in this service till Jesus comes and never are moved. Because you can live in sin and not be moved by the Word of God. If you're here this morning and not moved by the Word of God, God just prayed him right now. God, soften my heart because I don't seem to see any difference. I don't need to change. God, help you. And last, are you sure your final destination is heaven? Pastor Michael, I hope so. It's not good enough. The Bible says you can know. How do I know? You have to ask Jesus in. You have to do those things. Salvation is not by works, but it's by grace and faith in a person, Jesus Christ. Watch me. Don't want anybody leaving. If you need to make sure that when you're at the end of your life, and all eternity, not one sand is dropped, all eternity is in front of you, that you end up in heaven, then there has to be a day that you turn your life over to God. And you're serious about it. It's not an emotional deal. Well, I'm going to come down today, man. I'm going to leave. I'm going to the ball game today. I'm going to heaven. It's great. I'll see you in about four or five weeks. Just sit in your seat. You're deceived. You've heard the word, but you're not aware. It's a lifestyle. Many of us develop new skills or trades by practicing just what it is that we're learning, as opposed to countless hours of study. Instead of keeping all that knowledge trapped in our heads, we get to see the fruits of both our labor and our learning. In today's message, Pastor Mark taught us that rather than just hearing God's Word, we're to put into practice what we take in, lest we deceive ourselves. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. 
Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Out of all the things we can be skeptical about, both believers and non-believers alike are often more skeptical towards miracles than anything else. From radical healing to mysterious financial provisions in a crisis, many of us try to rationalize rather than reflect on the miraculous. In our next message, Pastor Mark will teach us about the glory and intimacy of God and how He sometimes uses miracles to draw us closer to Himself. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. seen and our ears have heard his word made flesh in a herd